tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. At this point, I normally say we are live on Sunday nights, but I am going to say we are live on Monday morning. I decided to go ahead and put this one up on the feed as well. And I'm doing this show live this morning, Monday morning, with a cup of coffee here instead of last night because we had a little bit of an equipment meltdown. I'm not sure what happened, but my guests could not hear me. So we sort of pressed the panic button, abandoned it, and uh, rescheduled our guests. Uh, L.A. Marzuli, who was supposed to be with us to talk about his ban from the video platform Vimeo. He'll be with us next Sunday night to share that story. And then uh, I was so disappointed because we had lined up Allie Anderson, and we were going to do a whole 45-minute guest segment talking about angels. And that has been rescheduled as well. But we still wanted to do a, a fresh broadcast for you. I'm also going to use some of my extra time today to put together some best of replays um, from the past. We've got some great shows in the archives. Remember, all of our archives are free. So that is available to you at no cost. You can find the archives in a lot of places. iTunes, uh, YouTube has our archives. Uh, the Google, uh, if, if you uh, get your downloads through the Google podcasts, you can get it there. Uh, all of that is available. A list of all of the sources of the replays is over at Jim Paris radio.com Jim Paris radio.com all right uh, so much to get into tonight um, t- today is Monday so a little bit of a different perspective on things so as I come to you live from my studio in Florida right now Florida has just opened up that was the deal our governor announced that Florida goes into phase one as it's called this morning that's Monday morning and so what that means is we've got Uh, All of our retail is open. From what I understand, there's no more limitation on so-called essential versus non-essential. So we've got all of that happening. I'll be going out, uh, man on the street, in the next day or two and doing some videos and showing people what's happening. We also have uh, restaurants open with 25% capacity. What they're also doing, however, is uh, opening up uh, the outside areas. And they're kind of being innovative about this. I had read that a lot of restaurants have gotten permission to actually use their parking lots and to bring in some extra tables. So the the deal is on outdoor seating. There's no limit. However, you have to have a six-foot spacing between tables. <laughs> you wonder where they come up with these just magical numbers. You know, six feet is the number that you've got to be spaced. That's the social distancing uh, spacing. Um, so that's all happening here in Florida today, and a lot of states are opening up. So this is, you know, it looks like we're maybe on the other side of this. We're on the other side of the curve, <laughs> to use the politically correct uh, language. But uh, it'll be interesting this week. But I've got so much to get into with you in this segment. But I first want to you know, do a little bit of housekeeping here. Of course, the website is ChristianMoney.com, and from there are links to all of our social media. And there's so many things that I've been doing with social media during the week, in particular video. 
and uh, you want to track my videos because there's some really cool videos we put up. And this week there was one in particular I'm going to be talking about here in just a moment. But uh, everything is at ChristianMoney.com. Of course, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. But we also run this kind of little-known platform called Telegram. And I post things over on Telegram, and there's a link at ChristianMoney.com to my Telegram page. I post things to Telegram that I'm afraid I can't post at Facebook, or I'll get in trouble or get a strike, as it's called. And I got in trouble not too long ago for posting some articles saying that a lot of people think they already have had COVID-19 back in, like, January and February. So I guess that's not allowed. That's not allowed to be part of the narrative to say that you already had this earlier on. I guess you're only allowed to say you had it as of like March. So if you had it earlier than March, then you're not allowed to share that information. But what we're finding out more and more, and and that's why I had posted this just to, and I asked people, you know, what their thoughts were. Does anybody think that they might've had it already? I was sick for two weeks. I was sick for 14 days And uh, my wife, really, at the end of that 14 days, she was telling me, look, if you don't get better in a day or two, you're you're going to the doctor. You're not going to just stay sick. I had pretty much all of the symptoms, except I did not have the fever. So I had everything but the fever. And that was back um, early in February. So I think the first week or so of February. But I when I posted things like that, I had so many people saying they had this they had this thing. Uh, in January, some even said they had it in December around Christmas time, but uh, that's not allowed. <laughs> so we have Telegram for that reason as well. Okay, so every episode we have a sponsor, and this allows us to be commercial free. So it's just a quick mention to let you know how you can help us, and it's usually something pretty cool that you can tap into. And tonight is is a really great one. I say tonight; it's this morning. I got to remind myself it's Monday morning here. Uh, it is it is a way to get a free share of stock. And all you've got to do is go to freestocks.us. Freestocks.us. Download the app, which is free. And this is a really cool app that you can use to buy and sell stocks and also buy and sell cryptocurrency. It's called Robinhood. And they're having a promotion right now. If you go to their app, if you download the app, they'll give you a free share of stock to get started with. And there's a little secret trick in this, which is once you get your own free share, you're eligible to get a link of your own where you can share that link with your friends. And every time one of your friends gets a free share of stock, you also get another free share of stock. I did this and I think I'm up to like 75 free shares of stock. And what I've been doing is I sell the stock inside the app and then I turn around and buy Bitcoin with it. Then we let that money build up and save that money up until we need uh, new studio equipment. So we'll use that to buy microphones, cords, monitors, all those kinds of things. So check it out tonight, uh, this morning, freestocks.us, freestocks.us. Get your free share of stock, support the show, and have some fun, make some money for yourself, freestocks.us. All right, I want to start by talking about my bizarre trip to Georgia. A lot of you know that I went to Georgia last weekend because Georgia had opened up. I needed a haircut. My wife needed to get her nails done. I'm sneaking a quick drink of water there. I don't know what it is about first thing in the morning. I've got to consume so much uh, water and coffee and all that. 
So we went up to Georgia last Saturday and we I got the haircut. My wife got her nails done. We had a meal. We weren't able to sit down inside of a restaurant, but we were able to sit down outside on a patio and have a sandwich, which was nice just to be able to sit down at a restaurant and eat, even if it was outdoors. But the official full opening took place last Monday. So we thought, hey, let's go back and and see what's going on. It's about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes from where we live in North Florida, just across over the border and go into Georgia. So we went to one of our favorite small towns uh, of St. Simon's Island. And you'll see a video of this on my Facebook. I, I posted this um, kind of my day there, which was really fun. We walked around. All the retail is open, which is cool. Got a new pair of sunglasses. Uh, we walked out to the pier, which is a really interesting thing to do when you're in St. Simon's Island right now. Because do you remember that cargo ship? I don't know if it was a, a year or two ago, the, that cargo ship that sunk near Brunswick, Georgia, that had four or 5,000 cars on it. It was coming in from Korea, and it actually tipped over. That thing is still sitting there. So if you go out on the pier in St. Simon's Island, you can see... Uh, the half-sunken cargo ship, which is really, it's I don't know, it's just bizarre to look at it. Uh, so we saw that, you know, that's been there for quite a while. But we also had a chance to go to a really neat little restaurant that we like. It's called Barbara Jeans, and they had uh, table service. You could go in, sit down at a table. Uh, we decided we would take a patio table, which it was a beautiful day outside. And so we sat down and it was just kind of interesting to see how it happened, you know, how, how they uh, served a meal with all of this going on. So at first blush, it just looked like normal operations of a restaurant. But then after you're seated, you notice that um, you're seated with space between you and the next customer. So in our case, there was like three or four tables between us and the next customer. And also that our server came up with a mask on, you know, wearing a surgical mask to take our order. And uh, I guess that's the new reality, that when you go to a restaurant, even after they open up, they're going to be wearing masks. They didn't ask us to wear a mask, thank God, because I don't know how I, I would have eaten that <laughs> ginormous cheeseburger through a mask. Um, but uh, it was a great meal, and um, we, we were like, wow, this is we're back to normal. We were able to do that. But I have to tell you the strangest part of the whole trip. I'm getting to the payoff pitch here. The strangest part of our trip was crossing the border back into Florida from Georgia. Now, I mentioned this last week, what happened. What happened was there was this so-called checkpoint. This was announced, I don't know, three weeks or a month ago that our governor was was taking the steps, the measure of he was going to you know put in, a, in a place additional security measures. He's going to have the Florida Highway Patrol stationed at all the, the borders coming into Florida, all the major highways. So we're coming down I-95 south, crossing into Georgia. And I reported this on my last show that I saw the signs and they start warning you about three miles in advance that you're approaching the COVID-19 Florida checkpoint. What in the world is that? So... I saw this last week and we began to slow down and I, the traffic began to kind of build up. And I thought, OK, we're going to you know, be questioned. Our temperature is going to be taken. They're going to look at our ID. They're going to ask us, you know, where we've been, uh, if we're sick, all of that. So I, I was expecting that. So as we got close to the checkpoint, 
we were just waved through last week. No, nothing happened. Nobody even asked us anything. We It just was like, oh, just forget about it. <laughs> I don't know if they were just randomly checking, but us and hundreds of other cars, after this whole build up and slowdown, we just, were, you know, nothing happened. We just went through. That's not what happened this week, though. So this week, all the same, you know, we're approaching it three miles out. We start seeing the flashing signs, COVID-19 checkpoint. And there is a video of this that is on both my YouTube and my Facebook, and it's getting a lot of views and a lot of shares. So as we're slowing down, this time we're actually slowing down, and I see people, and we're going to be stopped. And and I'm wondering, you know, what are they going to do? Are they going to take my temperature? Are they going to ask me if I'm sick? All of those kinds of things. So I'm just curious about this more than anything. So I filmed it. I videotaped this. And so I slow down, and as I'm stopping... There's a young girl, I swear to you, she's probably not even 16 years old. And you see this in the video. And as I stopped for just a second, I'm stopped. And she says to me, what state are you traveling from? And I said, Georgia. And she said, go ahead. That was it. That was the checkpoint. And the thing that is so strange about this to me, and I, I just, I ask myself, why in the world do they go to this trouble? to do this kind of thing. I mean, why do they have uh, all of these Florida Highway Patrol officers involved? They're slowing down traffic. They've got all these flashing signs. This is why people think this is a conspiracy theory. And obviously, you know, we here on this show, I believe the disease is real. I also believe it's been overhyped. I think both of those things are true. But when you see things like this, it makes you say, what in the world is going on you know why would they put up this have this elaborate checkpoint where all of the traffic on i-95 coming into florida is all merged into one lane um to go into this checkpoint and then they simply stop you and say well what state are you traveling from well wouldn't everybody say georgia because that's the state you're coming from before you get to florida and couldn't someone lie? I mean, I don't know. It just seemed like completely pointless. And I know some people use the phrase show security, but it really is offensive. It's offensive to me as a taxpayer here in Florida. It's offensive to me as a United States citizen. The idea that uh, they're going to put together this elaborate checkpoint. They put it on the news that you know the governor's now got this checkpoint in place on all the different entrances off the major highways into Florida. And then you yourself go through the checkpoint and it's like, it's nothing. It's, it's ridiculous. I don't know. I had to share that story with you. So there's a video. That's one where you had to see the, you had to be there. You, you have to see the video of this to really get how strange um, this whole experience was. Now, more and more people are talking about this idea of a health passport. And I saw an article on this yesterday that in the United Kingdom, they're talking about putting together a so-called health passport. This would be given to you if you are tested and can show that you have the antibodies for the coronavirus, for the COVID-19. So if you can uh, be tested and it would then prove scientifically that you have the antibodies, meaning you already had the illness, and that you would then be immune, you would then be given a health passport. And this would allow you to walk around as a free person. Well, 
this is getting really strange because the article then goes on to talk about um, this this health passport. They're talking about a digital chip. Then they go on to talk about facial recognition that in the United Kingdom, there are now thousands and thousands and, and, and perhaps thousands of more cameras to be added to their system of facial recognition, which means that if you're someone that does not have the COVID-19 health passport with a digital chip in it and all of this, that if you go outside, the, one of those cameras is going to pick it up and that camera is going to send a, uh, an alert and before you know it, the police are going to be there. Uh, you know, picking you up uh, for violating the curfew. This to me is really scary because it, it's, it sets up the framework, no question about it. It sets up the framework for the mark of the beast. It really does. Because when you start thinking about it, you know what the Bible talks about in the book of Revelation, not having the ability to buy or sell. Basically, in this case, even worse, being forced to stay in your home. Uh, and some of these stories I'm reading are talking about uh, a tattoo that you might have to get or a digital chip implanted uh, in your body to be able to be considered uh, to have free movement if you have the COVID-19 antibodies. Um, this is just strange to me. And it's stories like this that make me think I'm convinced that there is more to this. I posted that a few days ago on my Facebook do you think there is more to this thing than than just that it's it's like the 1918 flu? And and almost everybody, I mean, weighs in when I post that saying, yeah, there's definitely more to this. I think there's a lot of different agendas at play here. And this idea of controlling our movement to me is absolutely frightening. You know, I'm not somebody that goes a lot of places. You know, in, in, a, in the course of a week, I'll go to church. I might go to a coffee shop a few times. I rehearse with a big band one night a week. Two, two days a week, I teach a martial arts class. Um, I might go out to lunch a couple of times here and there. I'm not somebody who is, you know, in my car driving thousands of miles a week or hundreds of miles a week. Uh, in fact, you could probably draw a little circle around where I live and, and do like a 45-mile radius and that's pretty much where I live. So I'm not somebody that moves around a lot. But just this idea that we were in lockdown, it made me physically sick. I am not kidding you. I was physically nauseous with the idea that I was locked down, that I couldn't do certain things or go certain places. And maybe that's just my American blood that's running through my veins. But this whole idea of restricting movement is frightening to me because once they put in place all of the mechanisms to do this, who's to say that they can't just decide to do this for other reasons? Hey, you didn't pay your taxes. You're now on home confinement. Um, you're somebody who uh, is uh, going on social media, saying things we don't like. You're on home confinement. We're not just going to take away your social media. But if you're somebody that is out in public saying things we don't agree with, uh, you're going against the narrative, you're going to be on home confinement. You can walk only within uh, one block of your house, and our cameras will follow you. The digital chip will, will alert us where you are. This is coming. This is already the case 
in China where they have a so-called social credit system where people can be uh, forbidden from being able to ride on the trains or even take a trip out of the country uh, or fly in airplanes. Uh, so they can take away your rights, just your right of movement uh, through these kinds of technologies. So I think it's frightening. And I think that, uh, you know, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's the chicken or the egg. I don't know if this COVID-19 thing started all of the wheels turning and then some evil people started thinking, wow, we can do this now. I don't know if it's that or if this COVID-19 thing is part of a bigger plan that was hatched to be able to control us and restrict us. But I can tell you this, Americans are not going for this restriction. I mean, just look at what's happening in Michigan. Uh, they're showing up with firearms to protest at the state capitol in Michigan. All right, this this story of Michael Flynn, I am fascinated by. Retired three-star general Michael Flynn, uh, who, of course, was uh, charged um, with, I think it was more than one felony, uh, but basically the guy was railroaded. And we've been talking about this for two or three years. It was sort of the first shot fired by the deep state in trying to take down Trump. And the whole point of this Michael Flynn uh, prosecution was to get Michael Flynn to flip on Trump. That as national security advisor, it was believed that he had inside information about Trump's colluding with the Russians and that if they put him under enough pressure and also his son, they, they threatened his son. If they put him under enough pressure, he was going to flip and give all of this information about Trump colluding with the Russians, which was, of course, all a fantasy. None of that was ever proven to be true. But now it, it turns out that there is bombshell information that has been released. The attorneys for Michael Flynn, through discovery, have found uh, literally a treasure trove of documents proving beyond proof that Flynn was railroaded, that he was the victim of a so-called perjury trap, that they had no intention of just interviewing the guy. They were planning and plotting to take him down, to put him in a situation where no matter what he said, they were going to trap him and, and cause him uh, to be facing uh, a felony charge and as a result uh, put pressure on him and force him to flip against Trump. And, and that was the plan. And all of the documents are now coming out. And so that is hitting the fan this week. I am just so fascinated to see what is happening with this. And, and this poor guy has been living through hell for the last two years. Two years, two and a half years, this guy's been going through a living hell. Uh, maybe as long as three years. Apparently he's lost his home. He's lost all of his savings. All of his money is gone. Um I, I don't know, as a retired general, if he is, is at risk of losing his pension. But can you imagine uh, just going through this for two or three years and then to find out at, in the end, after serving your country for more than 30 years and you're a three-star general, that you were set up by your own government. You were set up by your own government to go to prison. Unbelievable. That story is breaking, but I, I saw... Sunday, a video, and, and this disturbed me. It's a video of Maria Bartiromo interviewing Senator Lindsey Graham. And I like Lindsey Graham. 
Uh, I generally like Lindsey Graham. You know, occasionally he gets, you know, a little bit uh, nutty and gets involved with um, uh, the deep state in in the sense that he tends to, um, he's been there a long time. Uh, He tends to be part of the club in some cases. But, you know, in recent uh, months, the last year or two, he's been a great uh, supporter of Trump, a great advocate for Trump. But I was really disturbed by this interview that I saw with Maria Bartiromo. So Maria Bartiromo is interviewing Lindsey Graham about this very thing, about Michael Flynn and about the revelation of these documents and all of this. And so... You know, Lindsey Graham, you know, he agrees he's concerned about it. This is terrible. This is outrageous, blah, 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 like he says all the time. And I've got to give Maria Bartiromo credit because she goes after him and she actually gives him she she lists all of the dates that he's been on her show and has said he was going after Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and all of these other characters she names them off and she names off, I believe, like six or seven dates where he said, that is it. We're calling in Peter Strzok. We're going to do this. We're going to investigate this. The Senate is going to, to get into this. And she basically confronts him and says, you know, you you have said over and over and over again that you were going to go after Michael Flynn and um, not Michael Flynn, Peter Strzok and the rest of them. And you were going to get into this Michael Flynn case. Um, why aren't you doing it? Why haven't you done it? And he, he uses this lame excuse that, well, we cannot interfere in a criminal investigation. We cannot interfere in a criminal in an ongoing criminal investigation. And you know what? I'm telling you, I mean, these things drag out so long. I mean, this this case with Peter Strzok and all of this. I mean, I don't know. I'm 55 years old. Will I live long enough to see the end of that case? And if that's then the starting point. To, to where we can actually have a real investigation by the Senate. I don't know. I, I'm just starting to wonder. It looks like a lot of people are going to be exposed uh, in this. And I'm really starting to wonder if Lindsey Graham is not just, in the end, ultimately a part of the deep state. And he's part of this, I call this worldwide wrestling, WWE. These people get on the floor of the Senate and the House and they scream and they yell and then they go outside and they scream and they yell into the microphones of the media and put on this appearance for us that they are at war with each other, that there is, uh, you know, the Democrats versus the Republicans. And uh, we've got these checks and balances. But I'm telling you, um, I'm I'm convinced and I've heard the stories and I've been to Washington, D.C. myself that these people go out. They go out afterwards. They all go to the same bar and they all drink and they're all slapping each other on the back and they're all really friends. And we're the fools that believe um, that there's a check and balance there and that these two parties are really different. But I just say to myself, if not now, when if we're not going to investigate Peter Strzok and James Clapper and Lisa Page and James Comey and all of these people. If we're not going to do that now, when are we going to do it? I mean, for goodness sake, there's an election coming up uh, in four or five months. Once that election uh, hits, nothing's going to happen. We know that nothing's going to happen. It, I mean, if Trump wins, then maybe there's a chance. But, but if Trump does not win, we know for a fact that a Biden administration is not going to uh, 
put any fuel behind any of these investigations. And yes, the Senate, if still controlled by Republicans, could still act and do their own investigation, but probably it will go nowhere. Um, this whole idea of just delay it. Why can't we why can't we find out the truth? I mean, the president, Trump has been in office now for almost four years. All of this nonsense started right at the beginning, even before he was elected. This started. I mean, if we can't find out by the end of his first term, what is going on with all this, with this deep state and this this whole plot to take Trump down? I mean, when are we going to find out? Oh, we can't move forward because there's an ongoing this and an ongoing that. And what about this um, uh, Attorney General Barr? You know, I've been hearing from Sean Hannity, which, you know, I give Sean Hannity credit. He has an interesting radio show. I listen to it from time to time. But Sean Hannity has been telling us for a year now that, like, within days, you know, something big is going to happen that Attorney General Barr is going to be announcing indictments and this and that. Nothing has happened. I mean, maybe I'm the only one that is frustrated about this, but nothing has happened. And Sean Hannity supposedly has an inside track and all of these things are going to happen. Nothing has happened. And it's been over a year since Hannity has been predicting and and telling us these things are going to happen. I'm just hoping the truth comes out. You know, that's my one prayer in life is the truth. I want to know the truth. I want to know the truth about people who are my friends, people who are my family, people who are my neighbors, people who are my leaders, uh, people who are my pastors. I I want to know the truth about things. And I just hate the fact uh, that this lie has been going on for four years. Uh, and, And here's a guy, Michael Flynn, who lost his home, who's pretty much lost his life. I mean, even if he's to completely exonerated is he's he's been punished beyond measure uh because of all of this all right i need to shift gears so my blood pressure (laughs) can go down here a little bit i want to talk about cryptocurrency and bitcoin and all of that so what's happening here this morning and by the way if you're if you're listening on the live stream i am recording this on a monday morning because we had some equipment issues last night when we normally do the show live so here we are Monday morning. Bitcoin uh, is sitting at 8,744, which is down some over the last 24 hours. But uh, Bitcoin has been doing well in uh, the last couple of weeks. I mean, uh, we, we recently, I think, got up to as much as, as 9,400, maybe 9,500 as a, uh, an intraday uh, movement and, and a nice run just in the last uh, few days. I'm going to pull up here on my screen. Uh, a one-day chart just to kind of get a sense for myself uh, because sometimes this moves around so much I don't I don't even uh, you know follow it but uh, yeah we've we've had a nice jump here you know from uh, about 7700 in the last seven days all the way up to right now um, we're up to 8700 but it was even better than that it was up to you know just a couple of days ago almost 9500 and a lot of this is happening, and we're also seeing Ripple is going up, Ripple XRP. The cryptocurrency market seems to be going up because of this so-called mining difficulty increase that is is going to happen. It's, it's called the halvening, which is when the mining difficulty um, doubles, and that's supposed to happen like within 10 days from today, 
which means that it's going to be more difficult to get, to get a Bitcoin through the so-called process of mining. And because it becomes more difficult, people have to spend more on computer power, more on electricity. So that implies a higher value to Bitcoin. Um, I also think the other side of this is that we're fast approaching as we have the mining difficulty doubling again here, I think we're fast approaching and reminding people of the reality that Bitcoin, there's only going to be a total of 21 million coins ever created. And we're running out of the window of new Bitcoins being created. And so I think this idea of the scarcity of Bitcoin is going to really be what moves the price uh, going forward. And I think we have much, much higher prices to go uh, for Bitcoin uh, and, you know, the top handful of cryptocurrencies, including Ripple XRP, because we've entered into this whole new uh, world of inflation. Uh, can you believe it? When we come out of this COVID-19 crisis, I am reading that we're looking at at probably close to 30 trillion in our national debt. So we went from 23 trillion to getting out of this COVID-19. We're going to be looking at 30 trillion that is mind-blowing. So what's happening is uh, inflation, obviously, because when you get into that amount of debt, the government begins to do what we call monetizing the debt, which is pr printing money, creating money to pay the debt. And when they do that, every time they create more money, they increase the money supply, the money that's in circulation becomes worth less. Um, so as we see the U.S. dollar being the world's strongest currency, as we see it beginning to free fall in value, it's presently having some stronger days because of everything that's going on, sort of a, 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 a safe haven, you know, the U.S. dollar. But I think that in the longer run, the dollar is going to drop in value and uh, gold prices are going to go up and inflation is going to go up. And things like Bitcoin, which have a fixed uh, total circulation that can never be more than 21 million. I think that scarcity argument is going to be what moves Bitcoin to higher levels. I really do. I, I'm a, I'm a really big believer in the long run that I'll always own Bitcoin. That's my, my view. I will always have some Bitcoin. Will I be tempted to sell it when it hits a hundred thousand or 500,000 or a million? Yeah, I'm sure I'll sell some along the way and put it into some other things, but um, I, I really believe that this is just the beginning for Bitcoin and it's going to become the ultimate safe haven. And I had read an article the other day that there's not even enough Bitcoin once we get to the maximum supply of 21 million. There will not even be enough Bitcoin for every millionaire in the world to have just one Bitcoin. So owning just one single Bitcoin which today you can buy for $8,700, but owning just one might be the ultimate sign of wealth in the, in the world at some point that you just happen to own one single Bitcoin. And it's interesting to me because um, I'm, I'm hearing from more and more people um, contacting me just out of the blue, people that are friends, people on social media saying, Jim, how do I buy Bitcoin? It's like there's this new resurgence, this new wave of interest in getting started with Bitcoin. So I'll give you that information right now. I use Coinbase. That's a great uh, place to go. Um, and if you use this link, 
bitcoinbonus.us. That'll take you to Coinbase, but you'll get $10 extra Bitcoin if you buy $100 of Bitcoin. Bitcoinbonus.us. And if you're somebody that has investments like through an IRA account, you can buy Bitcoin inside your IRA. You're simply going to purchase the stock. The symbol is G, like in Georgia, B, boy, T, Thomas, C, Charlie, G, B, T, C. That is the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. So you can buy uh, shares of the trust and the trust owns Bitcoin. That's the way that we have it in our IRA account uh, here in our family. So that's another way uh, to participate if you're somebody that has most of your money uh, in IRAs. Okay, I want to close it out tonight, uh, this morning, by talking about uh, the upcoming uh, opening of my workshop. Uh, and I talked about it a little bit, but I want to get into it in just a little bit more detail here with you uh, on this episode. So we're starting this on May 10th, which is in six days. It is called the Virtual Asset Retirement System. And it is a it is a course not just about how to make money online, but it is also how to create a plan using different online income sources to be able to retire. So we're going to take this to a different level. This is not just about making the money, but it's also about using those income streams as part of a plan to retire. And I have to tell you that there's there's a couple of benefits of making your income from the Internet, which is how I make my living. Number one is you can live anywhere. And and even just within the United States, there's an opportunity for geographic arbitrage, as we call it. You know, that is to choose to live in a really inexpensive place. There are places you can live in the United States today where the cost of a house is under one hundred thousand dollars where rent is under $1,000 a month. There are still places like that across this country where people can live. Now, if you're making your money online, all you need is an internet connection and you can live anywhere. In fact, a lot of people even choose to live overseas. This is becoming a really big thing. Americans retiring to other countries where it's really inexpensive to live. There are, there are beautiful places like um, some parts of Italy there's a story I read last week about a, a town in Italy that'll even give you a house if you move to this town because of the shrinking population. There are so many opportunities when your income is not tied to a physical location. That is huge. Number two, the ability to make your own hours. And and I know that sounds appealing, right? Make your own hours. But there's so much more to it than just you know, deciding, hey, do I work better during the day or at night or whatever? Let me put it in this context for you. When you go to get a haircut, let's say you go at Friday night at 6 or 7 o'clock at night, you go to the barber shop or to the hair salon. You're going to wait for an hour to get in there to get your haircut. I go to get a haircut maybe on a Tuesday at 1 o'clock. I go do my grocery shopping maybe Wednesday at 11 a.m. You can get so much more done. If you can go out into, you know, retail, uh, into the service uh, industry, you know, haircuts, those kinds of things. If you can do that when everybody else is at work, you can get so much more done. I'm not kidding. It is is an incredible life changer. The other thing, too, is 
you know, to have at least one person in your family, if you're married, to have at least one of the two of you that has that kind of freedom, because there's always things that need to be done. Like around here, it's like taking the dogs to the groomers, picking up prescriptions. Um, my son, who happens to live in Orlando, I'm I'm so fortunate that uh, during this whole shutdown, I was able to go see him every Friday and I made a home cooked meal and we spent a couple of hours together every week on Fridays. The ability to just go out and, and build relationships with people, your, your own children, your own family, to have the freedom to do that, the freedom to be involved with ministry. You know, if somebody needs help with something, a meal delivered, or something needs to be done at the church, that you have the freedom and the flexibility to be able to do that. It's, it's not about working less because, you know, as a self-employed person, uh, there's the perception that you don't have to work very much. I work as hard as anybody, probably harder than most people that have employee type of positions. But just the ability to arrange my own schedule uh, is the key. So so this course, we're also going to be fin- uh, spending a lot of time in focusing on, on passive income. Things that you can do one time and then get income recurring for life. And there's so many examples of this I can share with you. Um, There's one little business thing that I have going. I've been doing it for 20 years, and it's up now to where I get about $500 a month from it. And I don't do anything. It's just the money comes in. It's like a it's like a pension. It's like another retirement income. Um, Books I've written every month. The royalties come in. Now I've expanded from Kindle to the printed books also to the audio books and the money comes in month after month after month. You take the time, you write the book once, the money comes in month after month after month. So this course, VARS, V-A-R-S, Virtual Asset Retirement System, is me sharing with you everything I'm doing, everything that I'm doing to make money online, I'm going to share with you. And um, you may or may not want to do a live internet broadcast, but I'll teach you how to do it. You may or may not want to do a podcast, but I'll teach you how to set one up and how to do it or to self-publish on Kindle or print books or audio books or to set up income generating websites and blogs and get involved with affiliate programs and referral programs, all of these kinds of things. I'm going to teach everything I'm doing in that workshop, the virtual asset retirement system workshop. And that does begin the enrollment will open up on May the 10th. So to be sure that you get invited, there's going to be a special coupon and a discount for the first people that get involved. So don't miss out on the initial wave of, of signing up because that, that will give you the chance to get in at the most exciting time and at the best price. Make sure you're on the email list. Go to christianmoney.com, scroll down the screen, you'll see the email, sign up there. Make sure that you add me to your spam filter so that my email is not blocked. Uh, You want to add jim at christianmoney.com as the email. You want to whitelist my email in your email uh, service and add yourself to the list over at christianmoney.com and you'll be the first uh, to get the details on how to sign up, which is coming up in just six days. All right, it's been a great broadcast here a little bit bumpy not being able to uh, <laughs> have the show uh, live on Sunday night, but I, I said I'm going to wake up on Monday morning. Uh, we fixed the issue with the microphone. Everything is good to go. We'll do the show Monday morning, and then uh, we're looking forward to uh, rebooking our guest on the topic of angels, and then Ellie Marzuli will be with us to talk about his band from the video platform Vimeo this coming Sunday night. Thanks so much for listening. Remember... If it's Sunday night, 
It's Jim Paris Live. We'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody.